Everyone, welcome back to the Fitness Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier. We're on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Taglier NFL. Tags, what's up, dude? Oh, man, it's a good day. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful June day. It's raining here in Illinois once again, but it's okay. It, it, it's it's fine. I'm enjoying what it is, the the peace and quiet before we get to crazy off season where there's like a million different news blurbs, this and that. Like we're hearing stuff out of training camp. So I'm I'm, I'm appreciating the calm before the storm. Two months, man. We're all going to be doing our, our uh, fantasy drafts. And today we're joined by Joe Pizapia. We're going to be talking some scorching hot takes today. And at the end, we're going to play Fantasy Feud. Joe is the number one selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series, and he hosts the Fantasy Black Book pod. He's on Twitter at Joe Pizapia 17 Joe, what's up? I'm excited to be back and chatting with you guys. Remember the last time? I think it was a little baseball chat with just you and me. It's nice to see that Mike Taglier has kind of come out of the hibernation. <laughs> I know a lot of times in the spring he kind of goes away, and now he's back out, and that's very exciting times. I'll tell you, when Tags is preparing for the NFL draft, he's like just as stressed out as he is during <laughs> season. He's writing like 50 articles every single day, so no hibernation for Yeah, Tags. no. Well, the next, you know. the, In a good way. He, he rests up. The next month I'm going to appreciate. We'll just say that. So, guys, before the show, I, I don't know about you. I like soda. Like, I eat fairly healthy, and I know a lot of you guys aren't going to believe that because some of the stuff I've said, but I, I do eat pretty healthy, but I do like a good soda, and I tried this new Mountain Dew they have. It's called Liberty Brew, and I was like, this is the best soda I've ever had, and then I looked at my tongue, and it turned it blue. If there's this much food dye in the soda, what is it doing to the inside of my body? And then I saw 46 grams of sugar. Folks, Ooh. I basically just drank a fun dip. You're not even supposed to have, I don't think, like, in terms of, like, nutritional standpoint, I don't think you're supposed to have, like, that much sugar in a whole day. Am I correct? I know. I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm going to die during the podcast. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, at least Mike <laughs> is here to pick up the slack for you, Bobby, you know. Well, that's okay. You have very capable hosts here, Bobby. Worst comes to worst. You know I'm always the dark sense of humor in the room. You know how I like <laughs> But you know what? It is, it's one of those scary things of, of when you look at the soda content, sugar, and stuff like that. When you have little kids, too. You got kids, Bobby. You know what that's like. And they want a soda, and every now and then I'll let them have it, you know, a couple times a week, whatever, because I don't want them to either free kids on the block who've never had a soda before either, because you don't want you to make your kids freaks. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, you look at it and you go, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into an hour from now when that kicks in? That's bad news, man. For real, man. Yep. All right. So like I mentioned, we've each got four or five hot takes that we've got prepared, and we're going to talk about those and maybe talk each other off the ledge or get really excited together. It's going to be a lot of fun. First, I want to tell you today's show is sponsored by pristineauction.com. And through Pristine Auction, we've got a contest that we're giving away a signed Travis Kelsey Chiefs helmet. We're giving this bad boy away to one of our lucky listeners to put in your cave. All you have to do to enter this contest is go to fantasypros.com slash contest. It takes about 30 seconds to enter. And uh, we do read all those reviews. We really appreciate them. That's what uh, you have to do on the contest, of course, is is to leave a review. And uh, it, while you're at it, check out pristineauction.com. See what they have for you. You're going to find something, many things for your cave that you absolutely love, no matter who your team is. You're going to find something affordable, too. There's some really good values every single day because they auction off hundreds of items and everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Make sure when you sign up, you enter in that registration code. You're going to get $5 off pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. All right, guys, so we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to go around in a circle. So, Joe, you're going to be first, then Tags, and then myself. Joe, what is your first hot take? 
Oh, well, it's a hot take that I see going around, and I just don't know how much I personally am buying into it, and so far, if you believe the early camp buzz, you shouldn't be buying into it, and that's the notion that all of a sudden Devin Funches becomes useful just because he's no longer with Cam Newton, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. And I see it floating around all over, and some folks that I'm good friends with and that I trust a lot of their content, and they are trying to make Devin Funches happen kind of like fetch, and personally, I'm just not seeing it. Already, you see a lot of the question marks coming out of camp. You see uh, T.Y. Hilton says he's very happy in the slot. I don't know what that does to Paris Campbell's value. And you see some other guys there who had some moments last year of being useful. Andrew Luck, very capable of spreading the ball around. I'm not sold that Funches is going to be necessarily a guy that we can now rely on in fantasy. He hasn't been that guy yet. And personally, I just don't know if he really is going to fit into this offense. So I think it's very curious that people want to make that happen. But that is a hot take I'm seeing everywhere. You seeing the same thing. Tags, do you remember how excited everyone was last year for Ryan Grant? Just because he's tied with Andrew Luck. <laughs> Devin Funches is better than Ryan Grant. Now, the thing is, I'm not sure if Devin Funches is going to start. And even if he does, everyone says he's going to be this red zone guy. Who says? They've got Eric Ebron. They have Jack Doyle. They have Mo Cox. I think Andrew Luck, we know, has historically thrown the ball to tight ends in the red zone. I don't see why that changes. I, well, here's the thing. I was one of those people that was like, I'll take a flyer on Ryan Grant at the end of drafts last year. Yeah, I me mean, too. he was tied to Andrew Luck. And if Andrew Luck bounced back like he actually did, Ryan Grant just turned out to be really bad. That's that's fine. You know, you're able to cut him and move on. Uh, but the thing is with Funches, we have seen him perform with a less than stellar quarterback, a guy that doesn't have very much accuracy. He is a red zone weapon. But here's the thing. Dante Moncrief was too, and Andrew Luck and him, they did have a connection, and, and Moncrief was really good in the red zone with the Colts, but outside of that, he didn't really do anything. So, I mean, what's the best case scenario for Devin Funches, guys? I mean, he he's not the number one option. We know that. He's not the number two option. I think it's fair to say that. Um, I, I just... Are you I'm, saying that Eric Ebron's the number two option? Is that what you're implying? Ebron or Doyle, one of those yeah. tight ends that's on and the field. And I think field. Hines is, I mean, Hines had 63 targets last year. He's not yeah. going away. It, it obviously helped uh, Hines to get those targets that Marlon Mack wasn't healthy throughout part of the year. So that, yeah. that's going to factor into it. But there's just so many options there. They drafted Paris Campbell. They're saying that Chester Rogers is having a big camp. And Chester Rogers did get targeted quite a lot last year. A wide receiver in his first year in the offense when everybody else has a leg up on him, it's going to be troublesome. So I... You know, I like the fact that Funches did sign a one-year deal. It does it does promote confidence in the fact that he's betting on himself, and that's a good thing to do. Um, I think he's going to score some touchdowns. I, I I mean, if I had to put his stat line at something, I'd probably say somewhere around five, six hundred yards, six to eight touchdowns. And that, okay. that's fine. It's like a bi-week replacement for a guy that you're just looking for a touchdown. Hey, wait, Mike, I got a question for you. Do you think the one-year deal is because he's so confident in himself? Because other teams weren't confident enough to give him a multi-year Bingo. deal. I imagine he could have gotten a multi-year deal. It, it might have not had like a, a whole bunch of guaranteed money throughout at, like after the first year. But I, I imagine it could have been like some trail-off deal where it's like there's some incentives that they give him. But if you're looking – like free agents have had a tough time at wide receiver, like aging wide receivers. I remember Alshon Jeffrey was supposed to get a massive deal, and then he ended up signing – I think it was a one-year deal with the Eagles. And then they, they ended up re-signing him you know, before he hit free agency again. But a lot of wide receivers are having trouble getting the big money that they thought they were going to get. So I think you might see more of these one- or two-year deals for players just hoping to hit big and latch on to an offense like the Colts. So, Joe, what do you think? Are you going – if you're picking in the, I don't know, 11th, 12th round where Dante Moncrief's going, ADP – wide receiver 58, would you rather go Dante Moncrief or would you go upside with Traquan Smith, uh, Devontae Parker, maybe even Zay Jones, Jameson Crowder is a safe play that I like a little bit more there? 
Uh, yeah, this is the problem I have with wide receiver this year, which is I think that there is a really strong wide receiver two class. And then once you get into the threes and fours, it gets real dicey because it's a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys. And I think this is why I'm definitely in that mind of I'm going I'm going to be up there early and often. I don't want to leave the fifth round without at least two. And I think and then I'm one of these guys that does like to go running back heavy. But I'll tell you what, I, I'm not against taking a shot on a guy like Jameson Crowder either, who's also in that range because I think he could be very useful out of the slot potentially with Darnold, who had a really good finish to the season last year, corrected a lot of the mistakes, all of a sudden uh, became a little bit more proficient with the football. That's a very big positive there. I mean, and Humphreys was terrific last year, too, and that's another guy, too. I, I'm not, I don't love the Tennessee offense. I don't think anybody, any one of us can say, yay, Tennessee offense. But I mean, at the same time, I think at that point, I'm looking for, especially in PPR, who's going to get a bunch of catches. Like, I feel like Humphreys can come away with a bunch of catches every week. I think Crowder can too. And I don't know necessarily how many targets Funches is going to see or guys like that. So for me, when I'm taking wide receivers, when I'm getting to that part of the draft, it's about the potential for targets. It's about potentials. Yeah. How much is that guy going to touch the football in a game? And if the answer is three times, that ain't enough. Tags, what's your number one hot take? My number one hot take is that Saquon Barkley does not finish as a top six running back. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, my goodness. Now, the reason I'm going to say that is it, it's it, you know, I'm drafting him at number two overall. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not completely sold on this, but here but there's reason so what you're to, saying is like there's a 20 percent chance it happens. There's actually a, if we go by history, there's a better than 20 percent chance that it doesn't happen. But the, the problem is, is like who do you trust the guys behind him. So here's the like over the last two years, there have been just um, three running backs who have finished as top six running backs on non-top 12 scoring teams. Okay, those running backs that did that were Saquon Barkley last year, all right, Christian McCaffrey last year, and Ezekiel Elliott in 2017. Where did those teams finish in team scoring? Okay, they weren't top 12, but the Giants, most people don't realize this last year, were the number 15 scoring offense. The Panthers were the number 14 scoring offense, and Ezekiel Elliott in 2017 was the number 14 offense. So basically, if you're outside the top 15 scoring teams, there has been no top six running backs. Do we think that the Giants without Odell Beckham are going to be a top 15 scoring offense? I would argue that they're going to be bottom 10. And here's the thing. Over the last seven years, Bobby, seven years, that's a big sample. There have been three players, just three running backs who have been able to finish in that area a bottom 10 scoring team. I'm not saying Saquon Barkley isn't a generational talent. He is, but I think that the offense is horrific. Who were the three? I'm curious what those names were and what years they were. You don't know that off the top of your head. That, that Yeah, that was the, the Saquon Barkley uh, last year, uh, but right. they were, oh, oh, those oh, the three that were on bottom 10 teams. Yeah. I'll be able to pull up that research. I was doing this research all today. I basically just had the totals. That's ready fascinating this, though. But yeah. I, I will definitely look it up and get, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you guys before the end of the show. Well, so if, if you feel like Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott, we can put those two guys' as potentials to unseat, let's say, Saquon as a number one. Who are the other, you know, three or four that, that could bump him out of that range? I'm just curious, who, who are those guys in your mind? Well, that's what's funny about it. I was actually going to bring up a, a player that it's my second hot take, and I'll just, I'll just throw it in here because it kind of belongs in there, is that Aaron Jones does finish as a top six fantasy running back. Wow. I like it. I think Aaron I Jones. Mixon, see, I thought Mixon might be that guy for you. If I knew he was the starter and going to get, you know, the workload that he deserves, I'd probably draft him in the top seven. That's the best part. That's the best part about Aaron Jones, though, is he's going in the third round. Like you're getting, I think I legitimately believe that that offense. I think you know many people talk about Aaron Rodgers and they know how good he is, but I think that they underestimate the potential of that offense if they unleash him and the run game. Aaron Jones, when he was a workhorse last year, 
even under McCarthy, he was phenomenal. Uh, so moving on to a better, you know, offense that we hope anyways, under LaFleur, uh, I think Aaron Jones' ceiling is just massive. So it's just, do, would I take Aaron Jones over Saquon Barkley? No, uh, I wouldn't. But do, do I think, do I see a scenario in which Aaron Jones finishes with more fantasy points than Barkley? Yeah. I mean, history kind of tells us that it's possible. I agree, man. That's amazing. It's funny. Mixon was the guy that popped into my head kind of on that next tier where I feel like, you know, with West Coast offense there this year and the ability maybe to surprise and sneak up on people. You saw when he was on the field last year, he, you know, had some really incredible games Then he had that. It's funny. He got out of the gate hot, if you remember, guys, and then he got hurt for a couple weeks. And it was such a bummer because like, oh, look, he was finally going really right. And then it took him a little while to get back. But I don't know, Mike. I look at that guy and I'm very, very confident uh, in Joe Mixon this year, a player in his third season where I just feel like he could kind of crack that top five potentially also in the, in that kind of vein. And who knows? I mean, maybe get that repeat from CMC again, too. It's possible. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll see what happened with Zach Taylor. I mean, when he comes into the offense, we have no idea what it's going to become. And Mixon was that's a my, beast. Bobby, yeah, Bobby, I think you hit on my biggest question about that offense. And I like Joe Mixon, the talent. We've talked about that on the show. Is like I was big on Mixon last year. I was drafting him. But with Zach Taylor coming in, it was like, okay, this is, this is not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing that Marvin Lewis is gone. But what I do think is a bad thing is that they drafted two running backs. And one, I mean, they have Giovanni. Giovanni Bernard on the roster for one more year. You know, next year is supposed to be a, a big time running back class, much better than this year. But Rodney Anderson is a guy that probably would have been a day two pick had he been healthy throughout his college career. Travion Williams, some people liked him as their top running back. I wasn't one of those people, but the Bengals drafted two running backs. They have Giovanni Bernard. They have Mixon. That that weighs into my concern in Mixon. Not the talent there. I have faith in Zach Taylor. It's like I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I wonder if he's running more of a timeshare than the Rams did with Todd Gurley. Maybe. I don't know. We, we see teams draft all these backup running backs all the time. And, you know, if they're not top three round running backs, I don't really expect anything. You got to get depth on your roster. So I'm not buying too much into that. I believe in Joe Mixon this year. Um, now, I think he's a little bit riskier because we don't know what that offense is going to be. Same with Aaron Jones. We don't know how they're going to use him. If I knew how they were going to use him, I'd, I'd love it. But, you know, with the risk, his ADP right now is 32. That's a good spot. I mean, he's being drafted right now behind Devonta Freeman. He's being drafted behind Patrick Mahomes, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Damian Williams. We don't even know if he's the starter. They say he is right now, but we'll see. He's still in a competition. I'd much rather have Aaron Jones than any of those guys. Look, I, you sold me. I mean, I, I was an Aaron Jones guy already last year. Yeah. I was the one kind of pounding the table all through training camp and all through the first couple weeks of the season, too, when everybody was kind of going back and forth. And like I'm saying, just, just add him. If people dropped him in your league, just add him now. Add him for free. It's not going to cost you anything. And, you know, sure enough, as time went on, he eventually showed out and showed the reason why. And I'll tell you what, the Packers would be wise to continue to get him involved in the offense because... Aaron Rodgers really needs the help. He really does at this point. He's, he's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the league, that's for sure. But I think it would really help him to balance the offense a little bit more at this stage in his career. That's not a knock on Rodgers. It's just look at the success Tom Brady's had in the last couple of years doing that. And he's going to Super Bowls and Aaron Rodgers went one and seven on the road last year. So let's find a little bit more balance in the offense. That's all I'm saying. Tags, I'm going to fight back on the Barkley one just a little bit. Let's say Saquon Barkley regresses 25%. Okay, he had 340 half PPR points last year. That brings him down to 255. He would have been a top five fantasy running back, even if you take 25% of his fantasy points away. I just think you've got a wide receiver two, wide receiver three here, along with a guy who's going to get a bunch of carries. And he's the best running back I've seen since Barry Sanders. That's not hyperbole. You watch the tape. 
every single time your jaw is hanging open. He's that good. I think he repeats. No, I, I do. I, be, I believe he's generational. I do. But the yeah. thing is, is like you're talking about year end numbers. So for this study that I did, it's based on points per game. You can't go by year end totals because injuries will severely impact that. And just, so because Saquon Barkley was healthy, obviously it's going to rise him, you know, so many percentage points higher than the next running back that might have missed a game or two. Uh, but going back, I actually I went and found those running backs for you, Joe. Um, over the last seven years, as I mentioned, there's been th- only three running backs who have been able to finish top six while on a bottom 10 scoring offense. And those running backs were Matt Forte. Uh, Pass catcher. He was part of the 2014 Bears team that was 23rd ranked offense. Todd Gurley, actually. Pass catcher. Uh, in 2015, he was the number five running back uh, on the number 29 offense. And then Arian Foster was the final one. That was in 2015. Arian Foster was the number six running back on the number 26 offense. So no running back has finished better than number five while being on a bottom 10 scoring Mm. offense. They just snuck inside uh, that top six territory that I'm talking about. So I'm just saying that I am, if you believe in the Giants offense and if you think that they can be like a top 18 scoring offense or top, even top 20, that's fine. And and then obviously, you know, the odds are going to move into your favor. But if they are bottom 10 scoring, so Saquon Barkley's going to have a tough time getting into that top six. He scored 15 touchdowns last year. That's going to be hard to do on a bottom 10 yes. offense. So Well, especially if you're considering there's going to be a quarterback change at some point in the season two and what kind of impact that has and their ability to just move the chains. Just generally speaking, that's going to be tough. But I mean, I, I think I think the argument basically is a, a very valid one, which is that's proof that it's going to be tough for him in this situation. Maybe he is not such a lock as everybody else is, so maybe you need to pay a little bit more attention. Don't think that necessarily because you own Saquon Barkley that it's the end-all, be-all of everything. Don't kind of check out a little bit on running back. Make sure you have some other guys in there that can you know, do the job. I don't think you're ever sitting Saquon, but you want somebody who can at least pick up a little bit of the slack, maybe in the flex spot or something like that. Yeah, Tags, yeah. you mentioned Zeke's a lock. Kamara's a lock, too. I think those are the two safest running backs. Uh, here's my first hot take, guys. We're going defense here. Two years ago, if you guys remember, Tags and I said, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the number one defense. Last year, Tags and I said, Chicago Bears are going to be the number one defense. Tags, come on board with me, baby. Green Bay Packers are going to be the number one fantasy defense this year. Ew, I'm not with you on that one. I, I, right. I, I, we'll bring this back up. We'll bring this back up in December, baby. Yeah, I mean, I would take the Broncos over them. Sure. I mean, I'm not drafting the Green Bay Packers in the top five or anything. I'm saying I think there's a chance that this happens. I mean, we've seen how quickly a DST can improve, and it's usually easy to see, right? I mean, the Bears went from DST 21 to DST 8 to DST number one by 44 points. The difference between them and number two last year was larger than the difference between DST 2 and DST 15. Before them, it was the Jags. They went from DST 25 to DST 1 in one offseason, and they were one of Five, they were the first team in five years to put up over 200 fantasy points. These two teams were dominant. Now, the Packers, they went and added Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. They drafted Rayshon Gary. They drafted Darnell Savage. No team moved the needle anywhere close to that much on defense. And keep in mind, we're always talking about the Patriots. You know, they play with the lead, so they're more likely to tally up sacks and force turnovers because other teams are taking risks to catch up. And the Patriots do well every single year as a result. I think the Packers with a healthy Aaron Rodgers are going to put up a lot of points too. So I think this is a uh, a great situation to find the next big DST. I think the Browns would contend for a team that added a lot of talent True. on defense as well. I think the Browns are going to be a really good defense and potentially limit the offensive output that people are expecting. Um, I, I like I like everything that they're doing. Um, like the Browns are a contender. They really are. And it, it might take some time. They're a young team and they have some strong personalities on that team, but they're really freaking good. 
So, Joe, you get to break the tie here. Do you like the Packers flipping over <sighs> half their defense for a bunch of studs? Or do you think they're not quite well, there? Well, see, that's what—that's the only thing that bothers me is on how does it all gel together? And does it gel together quick enough to be that? And I think that's always the question you have to ask yourself. Can you get all those guys together playing? And when you lose a guy like Matthews, maybe he wasn't the same player he was two or three years ago. But at the same time, he was still that kind of heart and soul leader of the, of the defense. And now you're asking other people to kind of step into that role. And I think that's the that's that little intangible thing when it comes to defense that I don't think gets enough credit. And you look at a defense that's turned over enormously this year. Look at Baltimore, right? All those pieces that have moved on, you know, losing the guys like Suggs and losing guys like Mosley and how that's all going to work. And, you know, they still got a fair amount of talent on there, but it is not the same thing. It's just not. Zedaria Smith is gone. All those guys are gone. So uh, I don't I don't think they're going. You said top 10. That's the hot number take one, number baby. one. Yeah. See, I, I can't get there. Not with the Bears still. I just think the Bears still have just so much, so much talent on there and they're so ferocious. And if Trubisky can be just a little bit more consistent, all of a sudden, I think that, that that's just impossible. And if they can run the ball effectively, they really, really want to, that's going to put them in a really good spot because that makes the defense even fresher. So uh, I'm going to stay boring and I'm going to stay with the bears. All right. All right. It's up to you, Joe. What is your second hot take? All right. Hot take is Ronald Jones becomes the guy we all want him to be yeah, last buddy. year in the first place. Because Bruce Arians is bald and handsome, just like me, he wears a cap, which maybe as I get a little older, I'll start doing. I'll start wearing that cap on my head. We'll see. But I mean, I just I really buy into the offense. I really buy in. Obviously, last year, points was not a problem for them. And you got all those pieces coming back. And I think Arians is the kind of guy that's going to bring, you know, some real leadership and gravity to this team. And Dirk Cutter was a hot mess. And this whole team was a hot mess last year and going back and forth with the quarterbacks and all that stuff. Arians is going to bring a swagger there. He's going to bring a confidence. He's going to bring a confidence that these guys will believe in themselves. And I'll tell you what, too. I look at Ronald Jones as being another spot where I don't, I don't think we, I mean, last year at this time, everybody was talking about how good of a player he was. Chances are he's in better shape than he was even last year. And chances are now that he has a commitment from this coaching staff and all signs point to that. So therefore, I think he is going to be used and useful. And in terms of post hype, I don't think it gets much better than that. Tags, I know what you feel about this, man. I mean, do you even need to talk about it? I, I don't necessarily think we do. Um, <laughs> no. I, what, what are your thoughts, Bobby? Yeah, so here's what I want to remind you all of, okay? Devonta Freeman, as a 22-year-old rookie, was a disaster. He was horrible. Everyone was like, this guy's a complete bust. He lost his job to, uh, I don't Tevin Coleman, and, uh, and no one thought that Devonta Freeman had any hope. He had 3.8 yards per carry. He didn't do anything. What did he do the next year? He went for 1,000 yards. 11 touchdowns. I think he was the number one fantasy player as a 23-year-old. Todd Gurley, we saw it in 2016 under Jeff Fisher. He was the single worst running back in football. Was he actually the worst or was it the scheme? It was the scheme. Last year, it was the scheme for the Bucks, And Todd Gurley went on to be the number one fantasy running back. It all depends on the scheme. They've got a different scheme with the Bucks. Let's see what happens. He's probably going to be the starter. And I definitely want to draft the starter for the Bucks. At what is it, ADP running back 36? Yeah, sign me yep. up. We're all on board Ronald Jones here. Like this is uh this is one of those things where people can come back to try and bite us if we say if we're wrong on it. But I don't I don't think we're wrong on it. I really don't. And uh but the the like weighing into all of this is the ADP. If Ronald Jones was being drafted as a top twenty running back, there would be a, a different conversation being had. Because there's other guys that have guaranteed roles in front of him, but right, sure. People are drafting Ronald Jones after Daryl Henderson right now. That is stupid. I'm st- Come on, people. <laughs> stupid. Like, I'm, I'm just flat out saying it's yeah. stupid. Do you know how many shares of Ronald Jones I have right now, Tags? I have a lot. As much as I like him, I've got zero shares. Do you know why? 
Because I'm drafting Latavius Murray in every single league, and they're going to the same spot. I have no issues with Latavius. I think I think Jones offers more upside without injury, uh, whereas I think Murray's a little bit, maybe a little safer. Yep, I agree with that. Okay, uh, second hot take text. What do you have for us, man? Well, I give you my first one. two with Barkley and Aaron Jones. Uh, but oh, but, so we're skipping he, you? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I'm going to give you a different one. I I, I got backups okay. for days, son. He's full. <laughs> you know any hot takes Taglier has? Come on, he's got so many. He's known as the hot take guy. Deshaun Watson outscores Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Okay, and that, you thought you were going to get a pushback? No, okay. I yeah, like it. I, I mean, I'll push. Do you remember? Where, push, hey, do you remember where we, were, where we were last off season? Like, remember when people were telling us Deshaun Watson was the number one quarterback and that we should be drafting him because his touchdown percentage was so crazy high? And if we had it for a full season with Will Fuller, with DeAndre Hopkins, all those things. Like, I, I was down on on Watson last year in terms of like what I expected out of him. Okay, we know that Kiki QT is a player now. We know that they've added to their offensive line. DeAndre Hopkins was playing through crazy injuries last year. Will Fuller is going to be back from his ACL. There's so many reasons to like Deshaun Watson. The fact that he's going to be healthy. Um, he was, hello, can you mention Kiki QT? I did. Like, can, you can't. You I said can't, he's a player oh, in the league. That's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's a lot of reasons to like them. I do. I, I like everything that's going on with that offense, the defense, that secondary. It could be a team that gives up some points, but I think Houston is going to be a top 12 scoring offense. I, I think that that's a team that there can be some serious fireworks out of. So why not go with the guy that's distributing all those points? And it's Deshaun Watson and being, he was playing with like a, what was it? A Bruce Sternum. Like he couldn't even fly. He had to get on a bus You're right, and take right. a bus to the road game because there was something wrong with his chest and his ribs. So it's like this guy, literally, he shows us the upside he has. I don't think that he's the greatest passer in the league. I'm not saying he's even top five. He's not. But I think he can contend for the number one quarterback uh, overall in fantasy this year. Tags, I'm sorry for interrupting you, man. I just got so excited about Kiki QT. You know me. I've yeah, you hear you hear Texans and you just think Kiki QT. I get it. I know. He just wanted to make All sure you said it. <laughs> okay, so say it again. Know, just if you say it a third time, he shows up in the mirror. I just want uh-oh. you to know. I, I'm going to add on to this a little bit before Joe, you hop in and and rebuttal here. Um, so Deshaun Watson only threw 505 passes last season. Tags, you mentioned the injury. And that's the reason I'm not drafting him, because I'm worried he's going to get killed. He had 62 sacks. But even just throwing the ball 505 times, he finishes the fantasy quarterback number four. He was significantly better, more efficient last year, except for the touchdown rate. His completion percentage went up from 61 to 68. Uh, I'm sorry, his uh, yards per attempt was right there as well. His quarterback rate was up. Uh, He was a lot better. The only difference was the touchdown rate. Now, it's probably going to hover around that 5.5. 6.0 rate. That's where most good quarterbacks are these days. And it was 5.1 last year. So yeah, I think there's a chance he ends up as the QB one. If Hopkins, QT, Fuller, and Watson all stay healthy. I'm just not drafting Watson because he's gone before Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you're asking, does he finish above Mahomes or you're saying the hot take is he finishes number one. I just want to make sure I got that. That clear. he finishes above Mahomes. Okay. Finishes above Mahomes. Nah, that's that's an intriguing one. Finishes number one, I think I'm gonna fight you because then he's gotta go through luck and Mahomes. I have Rogers number one. You have you have Rogers number one? Me too. I do. Interesting. Yeah, You're see, the outcast, Joe. I am the outcast, and I'm the quarterback guy in the black book too. So uh and <laughs> and just it, it's my analysis, it's it's where I'm at with things and it's funny, everyone keeps to it's like everybody <laughs> Two years ago, everybody left Todd Gurley for dead, and I called him. I said he was going to be the fantasy MVP, and he was. Oh, awesome! And then, and then and I've got it in black and white, so that was that was a fun thing to to do. And then last year, the whole thing was, well, he can't possibly have a year nearly as good as last year, and he basically did up until the injury. So I think there's certain times where you look at stuff and you and you say Patrick Mahomes, well, he can't possibly throw for 50 touchdowns again, and maybe he can't. But the but that I'm going to throw in there is. 
if we're watching what this guy's been doing on the field, it seems as though he's playing at a different level than everybody else. It seems like the game slows down for him. The way he the way he can roll out, find an open guy, kind of chuck the ball to the side, the way he does those kind of Brett Favre type things, but seems to be a lot less careless than him at this age, especially. I, I think that we're seeing something really special and unique happening with Patrick Mahomes. And I do think he's going to repeat as QB1. I'm one of the few people that does. And I know everybody wants to write it off because of Tyreek Hill and all that issue. And, and that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But before Patrick Mahomes showed up, everybody kind of liked Tyreek Hill. They didn't, they were falling in love with Tyreek Hill. They had a lot of things that they want to hit him with negatively. No pun intended there. But they wanted to really kind of come down on him on certain things. They didn't do well and all of that. And now next thing you know, it's all now he's he's everything in the offense. Well, without Tyreek Hill, we, we lose Patrick Mahomes value. Well, no, I, I don't think that's the case at all. So I still think it's going to be Mahomes and Luck. I really think those two guys. Uh, and if Watson is third, I'm fine with that too. I just, I don't see this whole Aaron Rodgers renaissance. I really just, I don't see it. I'm, I'm curious to see how it all works out with a new coach because he's basically running the show now, but I mean, he was basically running the show for the last decade and a he half. He played with one leg last year, though, and he only had two interceptions. Every single season, oh, no. he's hey, been healthy well, for a full season. But, he's been QB1 Brady's or been QB2. Doing that, well, but Brady's been doing that same stuff where he had those seasons where a couple years ago, right, where he threw, what, what two two picks or something like that at one point? I mean, it was crazy. And, Brady has not know, been the QB1 or QB2 every time he's been healthy, though. No, no. And and I don't think you want to say Brady is the fantasy quarterback there and yeah. Rodgers has been, but I also don't think that you're going to see Aaron Rodgers as mobile as he used to be as he continues to get older too. I think Wentz is going to enter into this conversation too, because people forget two years ago, we were having that conversation with Wentz and Watson as who's MVP, who's who's that good. And then they both go down in the same week and everyone goes, oh man, this, it sucks for football. And that's the problem. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying that. I know it's trendy right now to have luck as the one, but I'm going to go against the grain there with Mahomes. So what is his touchdown percentage going to be? It was 8.6 last year. What would you put him at? 5.5? I mean, that's that's better than Tom Brady's career rate. Wait, who are we talking about? Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, It was 8 last year? 8.6. 8.6. Is it fair to say he's going to be... Let's say he's 5.5. That's better than Tom Brady. He loses 19 touchdowns. That's 114 fantasy points. You're that paying he loses for Matt Ryan that. in 2018, then. Well, oh, look, you're, you're preaching to the choir in terms of single quarterback leagues. I mean, I play, I'm the Superflex king. I, there's nothing I love more than the Superflex, but that changes the dynamic completely of this conversation. But in standalone quarterback leagues, that's why I own so much Matt Ryan. Right. Because the Matt Ryan quietly plays indoors almost all of his games, especially when you look at some of the road games he's got this year. He threw for almost 5,000 yards two times in the last three years. Why would you want to overpay for any of these guys when you can get a Ryan or or some of these other guys who are in towards the end of that quarterback one discussion? Cam Newton, who, you know, if he's healthy, all of a sudden, again, better fantasy quarterback than a real quarterback. I think that's that's the issue is it, who cares who that number one quarterback is in the in the pantheon of single quarterback leagues? I care in the super flex. Then it matters a lot more. It makes a significant difference. Over the last three years, it has been Matt Ryan as the number one quarterback, and I've got him as my QB3 right now. Most people are drafting like QB7. Guess what? He's the third in the black book, too, so you ain't that bad, baby. <laughs> well, because the black book with relative position value, it takes into account actual reality, you know, which is funny because everybody wants to deal with projections, and that's great. Projections is part of the formula, but what it does is it takes projections, it takes the previous season stats, and it takes the three year average. And when you consider all the things I just said, that's why you have Matt Ryan as the third overall quarterback because that three year average is absolutely stunning when you look at it and you sit back and you go, my God, he's got all the weapons. He's got a healthy running back again, too. My goodness, like this could be an incredible year. Second year of Ridley. And just, wow. I mean, it's there's a lot to like there. Tags, you want to add anything before I make my next one? Nope. 
you're good. All right, let's do this. You all knew it was coming, but, uh, you know, I sincerely believe in this football player, so I'm not going to do the hot take show without mentioning, um, at least until his ADP rises above wide receiver 84, <laughs> that David Moore is going to finish as a top 30 fantasy football wide receiver. First, Seattle was near the bottom of the league in plays, just 62 per game, and they were at the bottom of the league with just 26.7 pass attempts per game despite having one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We've got to assume those rates come up, right? Over the last 10 seasons, every single team who finished dead last in pass attempts increased their pass attempts the following year in all 10 seasons, and the average was 4.5 passes per game. So that's a 17% volume improvement there. And then we're factoring in that Moore's role is going to grow too. He saw just 38 snaps per game. Here's a couple other receivers in that range. Seth Roberts, 38 snaps. Kendrick Bourne, 38 snaps. Benny Fowler, 37. Eli Rogers, 36. Doug Baldwin wasn't great last year, but when he was active, he played most of the snaps. If Moore can beat out the raw DK Metcalf, who I don't think is ready for the league, I mean, who else are we worried about? Jaron Brown? If he can beat those guys out, Moore's snap count is going to jump 40%, and most important, when Moore was on the field, he was tremendous. He had, the, he had more fantasy points per snap than DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Suster, Michael Those Thomas. were heavily touchdown weighted, though. It was it was touchdown rated, but it was also yards per, yards per snap. He was absolutely incredible. And he had more targets per snap than Tyler Lockett. When he was on the field, he got the ball thrown his way more than Tyler Lockett. If you think Lockett's suddenly going to become anything more than a gimmick player, he's not a wide receiver one. I think you're mistaken. He has no shot at being a wide receiver one, and his ECR is top 20. Moore is going to be the number one in Seattle, and I'm getting him for free right now. I'm curious to hear Joe's point on this, just because I believe there's going to be some value to be had on their depth chart behind Tyler Lockett. And I'm, I'm, you know, we've talked about Lockett and the fact that I don't think he's a guy that you're going to throw 120 targets to either. Um, and Russell Wilson, by the way, even if he gets that 17% increase, he goes from 427 to to 499. It's not like he's throwing 600 pass attempts. So I still think this is a run first team. I think that's the case, but. I, I just feel like it's going to be spread out and I think I'm going to hate it, but I, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is like an off the wall take that people should just roll their eyes at. I don't, I think the DK Metcalf is going to be more ready than some people think. I think that they want him on the field because he, he will impact the way that a team plays defense against them. Uh, but I don't think this is like the worst take. I just don't know where to find value on this depth chart. I'll tell you what, I'm with you, Sylvester. Um, yeah, baby, you. let's go. Uh, now, whether or not he's the best guy on this team, I don't know. But in terms of, would you say he was a top 30? Is that where you want to Top put 30, yeah. And, you know, I could have said top 20 because I really think that's realistic, too. I mean, you watch his film. It's so impressive. Tremendous body control. He's instinctual. He's strong with the ball. Runs into seams. He's got plus hands. He's a solid route runner. He wins contested catches. Just needs the targets, man, and they're coming. I'll say this, you know, I feel like the funniest knock I always hear is, well, it's very touchdown dependent. And I, that's fair. However, that's good. That's I mean, Chris Carter was touchdown dependent, too. and He's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, guys who have a nose for the end zone who can who get open and make big plays and find the end zone. That's an important thing. And that's an important cog to have in any offense. Now, can you bank on that? No, it's, it's kind of the same thing we always talk about. Will Fuller is. Well, he's still touchdown dependent. And yeah, but you know what? When he catches, catches a touchdown every single game he's in practically, that's good enough. You know, you don't get extra points for being fancy. You don't get extra points for being clever. You get points for doing what you're supposed to do. So I don't want to hold that against him because he was proficient in that area. It's wise not to overdraft him because, well, you have to get enough targets where you can have opportunities. And you want to give yourself the most opportunities you can. 
But I think there's also something to be said for the guys who make the most of the few opportunities they're given. And Moore has been one of those guys. And I think that's a positive. And I'm with you. I don't see the DK Metcalf fascination. I think he's going to be one of these guys we look back on in a couple of years and go, oh, remember that guy? And that kind of was that that David Boston mold of the the genetic freak looking kind of guy, but just didn't necessarily translate to the NFL. And I think that that's very wise. I had a ton of David Moore, a ton of weeks in DFS. And let me tell you, I was very pleased with his yeah. efficiency then. He's a football player, man, isn't he? He is. Anything else, Tags? Nope. <laughs> all right joe on to you for number three i was man. with Let's... you before i mean we were we were just together with ronald jones not that long ago Let's, we were yeah. and now now we've come separated on. so far apart come on baby where we go from here come Dad, i'm gonna my next hot take you're gonna love it dude nice don't don't take it if you take it i don't know what i'm gonna do because i've only got four <laughs> written down all right what, what are you going with joe let's keep it rolling all right my next hot take is that Kareem Hunt is going to be useless this year to fantasy owners. You like that? Yes. He's going Dad to be useless. Loves you love I'm it? Okay We're back with... together. All right. See, I knew it wasn't going to take very long for us to get back together, Tag. So look, he, here it is. You, you got a situation here where he's not back to week 10. And I just want everybody to just just, just soak that in, okay? Because I still see people taking him. And, and he's not physically allowed to play football until week 10, which means that you have to still be a number one, still a fantasy relevant team come week 10, which is, you know, enough. maybe for us not asking too much, ha ha ha, we're so smart, but so for a lot of people, it's tough out there to do, right? So number one, that has to be the case. And number two, we have to assume all of a sudden that Nick Chubb is not going to be the guy that we all thought he was last <laughs> year and we were all so excited about. And basically in the second half of the year proved to be a RB2 or RB1. I think it was an RB1, what, like six times in, in, in all the starts to the second half of the year. So what, what else do you need from Nick Chubb? This offense has so many weapons on it. Chubb's going to be great. Yeah, maybe Kareem Hunt's going to work himself into some plays towards the end, or maybe should they get in the playoffs, he becomes useless, but useful. But I don't understand this whole notion of the people who are drafting or overdrafting him. It is going to be such an awful move. Dynasty is different. Different kind of situation. You want to own him, that's fine. Keeper league situations, whatever, I get that because that could be potentially really good value next year, whatever round you get him in. But I don't understand at all this whole redraft fascination with Kareem Hunt. Are you drafting any handcuff running backs, Joe? Uh, I'm not big on drafting handcuff running backs. I like to speculate more on like Alexander Matson, like the, the best guy. backup running back. Well, you, are you drafting I, any backup running backs? Well, Matson's one that I'm drafting because I have yet to see Dalvin Cook as much as I love him stay healthy. So would I, you be I, happy I believe in if Matson got seven games at the end of the season? Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. For, for so would you hold on getting? to him until until week 11 and just say, oh, wow, he's here week 11. and I got him for seven games. Would you be pretty pumped about that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, again, you've got to be a playoff team, but you're also talking about why are they right next to each other. Is that why you're bringing him up? Or no, just, I'm just no. saying, like, if you're going to own any backup running back, you might as well own the best one in the game. It's not Daryl Henderson. It's Kareem no, Hunt. I understand. Kareem, Damian Williams last year in the first 10 weeks. 3.4 fantasy points. After week 10, 83.7 fantasy points. If you had drafted Damian Williams and held on to him the full season, you would have been pumped at what you got. I think that's probably Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Nick Chubb's going to be there. But if if you're telling me they're not going to also use Kareem Hunt, and maybe Nick Chubb's injured. I mean, we know historically there's a 30% chance starting running back's going to be injured at that point in the season. If Kareem Hunt is the starting running back for the Cleveland Browns the final seven weeks, he's a league winner. 
I don't but mind you're, rostering you're the league winner on my for, bench. You're not going to hold him through ten weeks, though. That's, that's the, the problem. problem. Right? Like, you're, you're, do you're, not yeah. draft him. Like you're not going to keep him on your bench for nine weeks. And like, uh, if you are, you're going to suffer. Unless you have a, I'm a fine team. with suffer. I'm fine with suffering for that. If you I'd be no, fine with suffering for Daniel. You're going to miss on bye weeks. Like that's the thing. Unless yeah. you play yeah. in a league that has at least like eight man, ten man bench spots, then no. Like if it's a traditional league with five or six bench slots, do not. Like I'm repeating. Look, man, not, I'm going to make the playoffs regardless. I don't need that last bench spot to make the playoffs. That's not when true. I get to the playoffs, I'm going to have Kareem Hunt. Well, and you need to play a more competitive league. And Damian maybe. Williams, by the way, <laughs> Damian Williams was on waiver wires. Nobody was rostering him. So it's I'm like, just saying, if you had. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. What I'm saying is like, you know, if you want to pick up Kareem Hunt in, in the, you know, week seven, week You think week he's going to be on the waiver wire? I think he's going to be 80% on. You know he's what, gonna Bobby? The logic you used, here's here's going to throw by the logic you're saying, that means that you had to have drafted Damian Williams in, in the draft. Right. And held him all the way up yep. until there. And yeah. still be a relevant team to then get to the point you're talking about where he impacts your If you, roster if you can't Wo- make the playoffs without your 15th roster spot, then I don't think you're going to make the playoffs anyway. That 15th roster spot's not going to do you too much. Well, I see where he's going right now currently on Fantasy Pros, and I can tell you in every mock I've done. Spring. Oh, uh, what? I had a Ronald Jones. See, I don't have any shares yet. I'm just saying, I think there's some value well, in drafting him, but that high, give me the, a break. The I'm ranking, with you guys. We're all on the, the team again. The ranking, uh, like right now, the consensus ranking is not what I'm seeing out there. In these mock drafts that I'm doing in the industry mock draft, like I'm, I just did one last week with Bob Harris and everybody, you know, with the diehard guys and Nate Hamilton and everyone. It was great. But um, I'm not seeing where he should go. I'm seeing people who are thinking that he is going to be exactly what you said, Bobby. But that's great. But in the meantime, is that realistic? And if you're just going to draft him then and trade him, okay, I get that. But then that's asking a lot, too. You have to have the relationships in your league to do that. And I wonder, too. If you do want to get in the Kareem Hunt business, are you better off doing it in a 10-team league where the you can churn and burn from the waiver wire a little easier? Or do you want it in the deeper league where the 14-team league where you have really you need to have so many so much talent, as much talent on your roster as possible because it can get so thin so fast? I'm curious with that question, where do you prefer it or neither? Probably the 10-team league. Even in a 14-team league when Kareem Hunt comes back, even if Nick Chubb's there. He would be useful in a 14-team league, but... Well, that's that's kind of the point I'm yeah. I'm curious with Tags, or Tags is just not doing it altogether. Tags, I don't think, would draft him in the 16th round. If, if, if it's like a if it's a uh, league with only six bench spots, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't draft him at all. All right, Tags, what's your uh, number three... Actually, this is your number four hot take. Why it don't is. you bunch three and four together? It is. Uh, that O.J. Howard is a breakout star, and he's considered a top-tier tight end next year alongside, you know, like, like you know, you know how Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz are being viewed this year? I think that's O.J. Howard next year. Okay. I mean, I don't think he'll be... I think Kelsey's going to be in his own tier, but then if you want to say he's with Kittle and pr- probably above Ertz, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. I mean, throughout his career, like, his career mark, we don't have a giant sample size, but his career mark of 11.5 yards per target is the best all-time. It's the best all time. So for those saying that Bruce Arians, you know, I, I I do put weight into what coaches have done, like historically in terms of their plays per game, the play selection. But when it comes down to actually targeting the players, I will take a quarterback's history over a coach's history in terms of who he targets. And Jameis Winston loves the tight end position. And OJ Howard has shown so much big play potential too. So for those of you saying that OJ Howard is too big play dependent, you know, who had a lot of big plays last year. George Kittle had a lot of big plays last year. And now he's being drafted in the top 20. And not a whole lot of touchdowns to go with those big plays. And he played with C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins for the majority of the season. So it's like O.J. Howard is a a physical specimen, a guy that literally has this. So I'm buying him in dynasty leagues right now where people are a little low on him. Like, no selling him dirt cheap. That's not going to happen. But buy him before the surge to the top comes because I think O.J. Howard is that special. I'm cool with it, man. not going to fight you on that. I like it. I already told you how I feel about Bruce Arians, so we're on board. I'm 100% on board. Let's do it. 
Let's do a bit. And you know what? You can make the argument, too, that he is maybe the tight end you really want in drafts because of that reason, because he's going a little bit cheaper than his other guys, allows you to get the running back and wide receiver depth you want in the first couple of rounds, and you don't have to reach for Kelsey, even though I'm okay with it. I just wrote a piece about why it's okay to reach for Kelsey this year more than any year to reach for a tight end. And that's because that soft middle's gone. That middle that we used to rely and fall back on, the fallback of the Greg Olsons and Delaney Walkers, the veterans who scored touchdowns who were actually a part of their offense, but they weren't spectacular, but they were just solid. That that nice, fatty middle is gone to that position. It doesn't exist anymore. So uh, I'm all for the O.J. Howard to all board the train, baby. Let's do it. All right, here's my next one, guys. Justice Hill is going to be a top 20 running back. Tags, I know you like that. That's definitely possible. I think it would require an injury, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's not possible. Like, I think it's possible. I'm not projecting a Mark Ingram injury or for him to lose his job. What I'm projecting is that the Ravens are going to pass the ball 23 times per game again, which is what we saw last year after Lamar Jackson took over. I mean, heck, even if they do still pass, Justice Hill might lead this team in receptions. Have you seen their depth chart? Willie Sneed's their number one. A damaged Marquise Brown's their number two. A few mediocre tight ends. Who cares? Jackson doesn't have a deep ball. He's going to be checking down to Hill, who's dynamic with the ball in his hands. I mean, I think Philip Lindsay, but bigger, stronger, and faster. That's who Hill is. And I think he's going to get the Tariq Cohen treatment in that offense. Going to run 30, 45 times per game. I'm sorry, 35, 40 times per game. And I think Hill's got a chance of doing what Cohen did last year when he finished the RB13 in half PPR leagues. What do you think, Joe? So wait, you're you're saying he finishes an RB1? That's what you're saying? Top 20. No, I'm saying top 20 oh, RB. Top 20. Okay. All right. Um. <sighs> I think he's going to be right around the top 20. I mean, it's hard to argue that. I mean, in, in it, it, you know, so much of this, it's funny because I'm actually the guy who's kind of on the front lines too, saying, hey, all the things you like about Josh Allen and all the problems he has pretty much is the same thing with Lamar Jackson. I don't see them being all that different at the end of the yeah. day. Yet I feel like everybody's so negative about Lamar Jackson and so hyper positive about Josh Allen. And I kind of look around I'm like, really? I don't, I don't quite get that. I don't understand, especially when he does have guys like Hill and Ingram in the backfield to to work off of. I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's insane. I'm not going to stand here and say, no, no way. It's never going to happen. I, I definitely think it's possible. It wouldn't shock me. That's for sure. Tags, is that, I mean, you already said without an injury, it's probably not going to happen. If there is an injury, what is Hill's upside? I mean, he showed in college, despite being a smaller guy, that he could withstand a workload. And he's like, I, I compared him to like a Reggie Bush type skill set and when Reggie Bush was thrown into a workhorse role he was able to make it happen and uh, did well with the Dolphins so uh, I like Justice Hill I don't think Harbaugh would let that happen I think he falls right back to Gus Edwards it's possible just because Edwards is more of like that downhill runner the guy that well what have we what have we learned from Harbaugh is that like what you're saying that thought process has never entered into his fear. <laughs> Possible. Like, I mean, they're, they're, and they're installing a new <laughs> offense, though. Like, the offense is different. So, it's like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, he's never had a Lamar Jackson. He's more no, of like... Well, you have to change the offense for him, yes. And you have to tailor to his strengths. But, I mean, the Harbaugh's rotation of the running backs the last five years has just been brutal for fantasy owners. Yeah. So, I, I, I think it would be great if Hill became the de facto guy. But I think to depend on that or even to think that an injury is what makes that happen, I think Hill's talent... And his possible role in the offense will make that happen. But I don't think an injury necessarily opens it up for him to the extent where he becomes that guy automatically just because of the injury. Makes sense. I think that's fair. All right. So my last one is, and this is fun, and maybe this kind of enters into what Tagliere was saying before in terms of, uh, you know, chipping away at the Saquon Barkley thing. How about Derrick Henry leading the league in rushing yards? You like that? How about that? (laughs) Wow. Woo. I'm going to Ric Flair woo on that one. And and I say this one because it's kind of fun. But at the same time, you look at it and you go, all right, if they really do kind of stick with the game plan that they were running towards the end of the season, 
it's not impossible to think about because of the monstrous game potentially has. And I think the realization then of, well, you know, Deion Lewis isn't a thing. And he was only a thing because of the way he worked in the Patriots offense. And that's what I tried to tell everybody when he left, but nobody wanted to hear it last year. But at the same time, I mean, it, it's not impossible. I mean, do you want to tackle Derrick Henry? No. Guys? I, I know I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't get paid <laughs> I mean, enough I would to tackle, like to tackle him, but it wouldn't work. I'll tell you what. I would start a GoFundMe right now see Bobby Same. try to tackle Derrick Henry. We could donate it all to charity. I saw him in Nashville, man. I should have gone for it. Dude, that, okay, you've, so you've, you've seen him in person, right? I don't know how far away you were from him. He was like 10 feet from us. He was a big man. an enormous yeah, he was, he was, human uh, He was like 10 feet from us. Right. Nobody that big should be that fast. That's the guy's So I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking to myself, okay, if, if all things break right, it's not an impossibility, but I think it's a fun hot take, and I'm just going to throw it out there to the room. He had 215 carries last year. If the Titans wanted to, he could rush the ball 350 times without any issue whatsoever. 350 right? times. That's a lot. But if anyone in the NFL can do it, it's Derek. Well, let's Henry. say, let's, okay, what about 320? I mean, I'd be happy if they gave him 250. They're if not they going to go 350. I'm saying he if could handle that. they gave him 250, I'll be happy. And then, yes, he can lead the league in, in rushing at that point because he can break long runs with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big boy to tackle. Just, Joe, I, uh, <laughs> I haven't thought about this one at all, but I've, I've got to say, you've got a point here. I think Derrick Henry has a lot of upside. He really does. You know who had the biggest, he was the biggest guy to me to tell me it was actually my buddy, Eric Young, who's a professional wrestler for WWE. He, we were in the, the flex, you know, Der, uh, Eric, I'm sure. And uh, he was like, listen, he's like, cause he's from, he lives in that area. And he's just like, look, I've, I've been there. I've watched the games. I've been down there in the field and telling you nobody should, he's just an enormous man. He's so fast. He, he He's going to be a breakout guy. He's going to be a breakout guy. And then, of course, first half of the season, nothing because they weren't giving the ball enough. And you give them the ball yeah. sometimes. You go, why don't they give him the ball more? You keep looking at yourself. And then all of a sudden, second half of the year, he starts breaking off in these back-to-back games where he just, it's unbelievable. And and yes, I know some of it is circumstantial in terms of defense and, and whatnot. But at the same time, I'll put that guy in a run-heavy offense against anybody. And I don't see the quarterback play getting much better there anytime soon. So why the hell not? Maybe it's a, a matter of talent and circumstance meeting each other perfectly. And I mean, why couldn't he rush for 1500 yards this year? It's very possible. He very well could, but even if he does, he's probably not a top five running back because he caught the ball 15 well, times. Well, that's the thing. Year. And that's why I, I was very careful. Lead the league yes. in rushing. <laughs> lead, not fantasy points, but lead the league in rushing. And if he leads the league in rushing, maybe that does kind of chip in a little bit to some of these other guys in the top. All right, Tags. Might as well make this one a good one. It's your last one, buddy. What do you have? I'll just mention it really quick because I know we got to go to Fantasy Feud, but uh, Larry Fitzgerald finishes as a top 24 PPR receiver. Oof. Wow. He's outside the top 40 right now. Being When's like, the last time someone this old has ever done anything, let alone been a top 24 wide receiver? You can say the same thing about him last year. The dude is yep. just like, he's a freak. He's an all-timer. Yeah. It's, an, it's a new offense. They all have to learn it. And Fitzgerald, is a, he's a vet. He knows what he's doing. He's playing a valuable role. Uh, Kyler Murray, he needs to become friends with Larry Fitzgerald over the middle of the field because that offensive line is not going to do him any favors. Yeah, he's so good in the slot, too. You're right. He's not going away, man. I was just asking the question that everyone's asking, right? But the last four years, wide receiver 11, 19, 9, 28 last year, and that was when they were running like two plays per game. I, I've got Larry Fitzgerald in my top 30, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me again, just because you're talking about a guy with such enormous talent, and if Murray can be what some people hope he can be, uh, I'd like to see it. I'd love to see him succeed. I just have such questions about that offensive line, too. I just don't think that offensive line is good for development phases. That's that's just me. I shared a uh, an inkling to this about a month ago, and I'm going right back to it. Here's my last one. Kirk Cousins is going to win the NFL MVP award and finish as a top four fantasy quarterback. That's hot. <laughs> 
Well, I think Cousins is a sleeping giant, guys. I, he, I mean, he was he one of just four quarterbacks. Year. <laughs> I know, I, yeah, I know. I, like statistically, statistically, but I understand. He's, he's ADP twenty-one right no, now, Joe. I know. I Everyone agree. listening to the show's like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he's not even a top twenty quarterback. Uh, look, uh, you're preaching the choir here because, again, statistically, which is all we care about in fantasy, yeah, it's not bad. I understand Viking fans wanted to throw things and probably did throw all sorts of things at their television or actually pick up the physical television and throw it sometimes while they were watching the game. But at the same time, he's got incredible weapons around him. He wasn't that bad last year. He was still one of the top guys in terms of passing. It's just a matter of... And this is why we the, the conversation about Aaron Rodgers and stuff infuriates me sometimes because I I say well why don't you just take Kirk Cousins with the last pick, <laughs> like, yeah you know yeah. and I, and I will I will yeah. take Kirk Cousins with the last pick unless Aaron Rodgers drops to the fifth or sixth round then sure I'll grab him but you know he was one of only four quarterbacks to throw six hundred passes he was second in completion percentage he has the best wide receiver duo in football terrific pass catching running back a solid tight end improved offensive line he's got fourteen rushing touchdowns in the last four years. He was a top eight fantasy quarterback in 2015, 2016, 2017, and his best receiver in that time was Jamison Crowder. The biggest thing, however, is that his touchdown rate has never got above that 5.3 mark. Standard volatility and Kirk Cousins' passing aptitude makes it likely that one of these years he's going to pull Matt Ryan and jump from an oddly low touchdown rate to something stupid like 7.1, like that Ryan put up in uh, in 2016 when he was a surprise MVP, right? Kirk Cousins could do that. If he if he had a 7% touchdown rate with the same 606 pass attempts, he'd have 43 touchdowns, three or four more on the ground, and he's fourth in football since he became a starter in passing yards, adding a dominant defense, a great record. I'm taking plus 5,000 for Kirk Cousins MVP all day, baby. Stefanski, once he took over as the OC, he completely dialed back the pass attempts. They want to yes. dial back. like, And that's the thing. He's Makes not going to be nervous. He's not going to He's not going to touch 600 pass attempts again. That defense is good. It is still good. It's very good. They want to run the ball. Delvin, uh, Delvin Cook wasn't healthy for much of the year. There's so many reasons. Like, I, I actually am with you. And uh, like, Kirk Cousins is a value, but there's no way he finishes top four. All right. We'll see. If he throws 600 pass attempts, he could finish number one. Well, I, look, he ain't finishing top five for me just because the guys at the, at the top are so good. But I mean, I'm not ranking him there. I've got him like QB 12 or <laughs> oh, yeah. 13. <laughs> but no, it's a fun hot take. To the, just the fact that we're having that conversation, I think, just as a reminder to everybody out there in single quarterback leagues, there's so many choices. Wentz is going to fall. Cousins is going to fall. Rivers is going to fall. There can be plenty of quarterbacks you can run out there every week or play matchups with and be very happy and maximize that spot and not miss out on all that running back and wide receiver depth at the top. All right, guys, let's keep moving along here. And we're going into Fantasy Feud. Um, But by the way, guys, this is going to be on YouTube. If you are not already a subscriber to our channel, check it out. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Pros. You'll be able to see the the video. And uh, guys, here's what we're going to do. We've got a head-to-head round. I've got four groups of questions for you. And I'm going to ask whoever buzzes in first with the first answer gets to decide if they do get one that's on the board, whether or not they're going to play the round or pass it. Joe, do you know how family feud works? Oh, I, I roughly just don't kiss me. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to kiss you. Tags. Right. That's another. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> you never know. I remember Richard. <laughs> I'm a Tags little older. So I don't know if you remember that Richard Dawson back in the day. He was just kind of. I, I knew people. what you were talking very about. Very creepy. Very creepy. That's the reference, <laughs> boys and girls. Okay. And then after that, uh, we've got the fast money round for whoever's behind. They'll have a chance to catch up. Now, we actually already recorded the fast money round before the show, just so Tags doesn't get some idea of cheating and like listening to what Joe says, you know, stealing his answers or whatever. So here we go. Head to head round. Question number one. Buzz in with your name when you're ready to go. Name a non-quarterback over age 30, a non-quarterback 
that you'll own in at least one league this season. Tex. All right. Who do you have? Um, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is on the board. He's last on the board, number six. Joe gets, a, Joe gets a chance to uh, top that. Okay. Right, do you want to top it, Joe? Over I mean, can you top it? You said over you 30 non-quarterback. Um, yep. Gosh, over 30. Jeez. Um, I got to pick somebody. Uh, old fart guy. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got, I don't know why I'm like busting out my head. Uh, is Edelman, Julian Edelman. All right, you got it. 24 for Joe. Joe, do you want to pass or play? I wasn't sure if he was 30. I will um, I will pass it. I want to see tags work here a little bit. Yeah, you, you need to get four more tags. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Tag. <laughs> get four more. All right. Not guys Not guys that you would draft over 30 tags, because I don't think there are too many. It's well, what does the general that's public where I was think? We asked like, well <laughs> over 200 people what they thought. All right, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is not there. Wow. He's not there. Honestly, Tags, that was my next go. That's where I was going. Yeah. I figured, now nah, I'll own him somewhere because oh. he's so damn cheap. Oh, I thought yeah. that was going to be a given. Like, I, I wouldn't draft him, I don't think. But, I mean, I, I think you well, and I can take lose your you and I drafting them out of the conversation because that's that's oh, the problem. man. Um, let's see. Antonio Brown? Yeah. 15 points. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know yeah. people would know he was three th- more. You've got two more strikes. Uh, I think, hold on a second. AJ Green? Nailed it, baby. 33. That was the number one answer. You need two more. Two more. Uh, who is 30? Um, thinking about it. Oof. Elshon Jeffrey's not 30 yet. Um, I got one. But I'm gonna keep oh, this is so this, hard. This, man. this is tough. <laughs> well, it's hard because Wait, guys like us, we, we like kind of, if you're, once you turn 30, we're kind of like, nah, okay, I'm not really, you know, going to focus too much on that guy. He's not 30. Uh, Jared yeah. Cook. You got <sighs> it, dude. Okay, one Took more. My other one one more. You've got three tries to get one more. One more. Delaney Walker He's got this. That was my next. No. Wow. Oh, good. Wow. Um. Actually, you only have one more try. You've got two strikes now. I lied to you on accident. Mm, this is so hard. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think. Here's the thing. If you don't get it, Joe's not getting it. <laughs> Thanks, no offense, Bobby. Joe. It's just really hard. I don't know if top of my head. But is Julio Jones going to be 30 years old? I'll go Julio. No. Nope. So you get a chance to steal, Joe. All right, I'm just going to be a jerk and say Frank Gore. It's, I was going to say, if Frank Gore is <laughs> no, on there when not, Adrian Peterson was, I was going to lose it. Well, yeah, but you know what? Every, every year people want to draft Frank Gore, and I don't know why, but you know, every year yeah. someone does. I don't know. Yeah, Steve, no, the answer is Deshaun Jackson team. for five points. Yeah, so, Tags, you get 84 points Ooh. there. Joe gets nothing. nothing. So, let's see what happens All here. Right. Next question. Buzz in with your name. Name something people do during your fantasy draft that ticks you off. Joe. All right, Joe, what do you have? Uh, ooh and ah when somebody takes somebody like make comments um, about like oh yeah nice pick there like shut up I don't okay yeah so smack talk smack analysis talk, yeah. advice or, that's or, all in yeah, the same group here during the draft. 10 yeah. points tags can you beat it that is really annoying um w- takes too long to pick yep you got it number four number one answer 34 points so do you want to pass or play on this one I will play oh all right I was ready how many answers one. are there you need to get four more. You get four more. All right. Um, pick someone that's already been drafted. Oh yeah, that's obvious. That's no. What? What? No, nobody. Nobody. Oh, that's that. Yeah, I thought that nuts. would have been number one before. I think I, most of these people are doing online drafts because you're right. That was one of the. You know, before I host this show, I go and with our creative producer, we you know do this so I can get used to the questions and the answers and everything just to get a feel of what it's like. And that was my very first guess too. I was shocked. That is shocking. Uh, let's see. Take a backup quarterback. Uh, bad drafting. Yeah, that we'll count that one. Seven points. 
Um, yeah, because it's it's almost like you know if you're waiting at quarterback and then someone then people start taking backup quarterbacks yeah. and you're like, what phrase the, hell the question? Again, it annoys me so much. I want to hear the exact phrasing of the question one more time. Okay, uh, name something people do during your fantasy draft that ticks you okay. off. Um, I, I, I don't. I'll say get drunk. I, I mean, I don't. Doesn't bother me. I like that when they do. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I would have put that in with bad drafting, but that was technically the number seven on the board, so it doesn't okay. count for this one. But oh, that's okay. Yeah. Um. That's another thing I don't like when they do. That's two strikes, um, oh, by the way. When they don't pay. When they don't pay their fees for the damn league. Yeah, that's a good one, but not during the draft. That doesn't count as during the draft, but man, that should be number one. That's a good one. <sighs> it's so frustrating as a commissioner to try and collect from people. Like, I'm like, bring it to the draft. And then they all get there. They're like, oh, yep. I forgot it. Yep. All right, Joe, on to yeah, you. You've got, right, three, you've got three no, that wait, you could you, nail here, but you only get one yep. guess. Can you steal the 51 points? It, 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 you burned your strikes? Because I feel like tags is He's working. out. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say uh, the person who goes on auto pick. And that's auto draft. Everything. Number two oh. answer on the board. Uh, 11 points. Ooh. I suck. That's yeah, auto draft. Easy. Everybody hates Damn that, it. dude. He ruins everything. I was thinking yeah, about Joe. in-person drafts. You're right, Bobby. Damn it. Joe, you get 62 points, man. All right. Back in business, baby. All right. Let's go. All right. Woo. Next one. Name a head coach. Who will drive down the fantasy value of his skill players tags. in 2019? But tags. Adam Gase. Ah, number one answer. 35. <laughs> He's awful. <sighs> Pass or play, man. I will play. You're all about playing. Joe has tags. Less control yet, of the man. board. That's what he likes. All to right. do. Me, I, yep. I want to. I want to watch. I want to just be the vulture at the end. Just I'm with you. Right. I do that yeah. too. It's just so hard. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, number two. And uh oh, tags is going to run the board here. 16 points. <laughs> John Gruden. John Gruden, number six answer, four points. All right. Um, <laughs> You're I'm good, wondering dude. if, uh, man, I'm going to hold this name because I, I think I, it's possible that he's not there. No, I'm going to say it. Jason Garrett. Number four answer, oh, five gosh. points. Tags. Rolling. No, I'm trying. You got um, two more. Brian Flores. No, wrong. All right. Uh, Vic Fangio. Nope. Two strikes. You got to get two, man. Um. Uh, let's, oh man, this is tough. Um, I feel like I'm letting people down right now if I don't get this right. Um, <laughs> you're running out of time. Yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm terrible. Um, oh my God. I mean, uh, uh, Sean McDermott. Let's just go. Three. McDermott. Damn it. Nope. Wrong. Okay. You get a chance to steal. Right, I'm going to go what with do you Doug have, Peterson. Nobody likes that guy. No, oh. no, nope, he didn't get it. So Tags gets Ooh. all 60 points. He ruins every running you back on. ever. Come on, people. Yeah, Let's I go. I was really surprised by this one, Doug Marone. That, I don't, I don't you know what? I actually debated exactly him for understand. a second, and I like because I actually graded him as the, uh, I think it was He's the worst, the worst coach, coach in the NFL, like, yeah. yeah. The but fantasy you know, value but, doesn't really change but that's anything. That's the whole thing. That's what I mean. Like, it's a very subjective question because you actually have yeah. to have said offense in order to ruin said offense. That's why I said yeah. he's got things, and he's going to ruin his toys. He always breaks his toys. That's, that's a problem. good call. And then the last one, it's actually pretty obvious. I didn't think about this one. I was shocked when it came up, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's the right answer. It's Bill Belichick. Mm. Is it though? I mean, They've for the last two more, years, yeah, I mean, a little more predictable. Yeah, White and and Sony Michelle White for two years now. Deion Lewis the year before. Even the Garrett that? Blunt was pretty predictable when he had yeah, the workforce. I guess you're right. Okay, I think people people over. Yeah, I think so, people okay, maybe over, those people yeah, are wrong. I, yeah, I think people but Adam are living Gase, in the That's path. the right answer. <laughs> Adam Gase is the right answer for sure. Yeah, you know. All right. So eyes. tags okay. right now. You're sitting at 144. Joe's at 62. Joe, you're really going to need this one unless you're just going to kill it in fast money. Doug Peterson should have been an answer. So I'm already protesting, but anyway. All right. This is worth. Triple the points. 
Name a player you reached for last year and wound up regretting. Tags. All right, Tags. Devontae Parker. No, he's not on the list, man. He's on your list. He's not on this list. Oh, yeah, that's right. I almost forgot what game we were playing for a moment, but damn it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, you just uh, wanted to give Joe a chance. No, that's all right. Uh, a player that I reached for last year that I was upset about reaching for. Um, Dante Foreman. No. No, you guys okay. got to guess again. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman, number one answer. That's and you one. only get seven points. See, that's why it's one triple. of them. I know, but I don't regret it. See, that's the problem. Like the whole yeah. regret thing. I don't regret it. And I'm ready to do it again this year on a couple guys, but I, I've got yeah. another answer. Um, David Johnson. David Johnson's not in the top six tags. One strike. <clears throat> oh, I guess you're playing. Yeah, oh, I yeah. guess so. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, yes, playing I'm playing. now. Even uh, if he wasn't, he's playing now. <laughs> Carlos Hyde. Nope. Wrong answer, man. Wow. Um, Kenyon Drake. <sighs> Three strikes in your What? Out. No, what? <laughs> what? He's not on that list. What the F? Now, here's the funny thing. Joe, you can steal these 21 points. <laughs> You're not going to be able to, though, man. Uh, wait, I don't understand. There's but... so many things that it could be. That's why the next answer, the number two answer on the board, is only worth five points. I mean, well, I'm going to say, even though I don't regret it, I'm going to say Ronald Jones. That's, that's Ronald Jones is not oh, on the board. Oh, I thought that was guys. on there. I was like, oh, that's um, a good come one. Come on. See, I thought Kenyon Drake was a lock. And, and again, I'm you not, not regretting hey, it. Who are the players? Man. I want to know who the players were on the list. Yeah. Number six, Trey Burton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number five, Doug Baldwin. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's fair. Number four, Rob Gronkowski. Yep. Number three, Jordan Howard. No. I don't think. Well, I yeah, guess I don't a little understand bit. that one. And number two, Chris Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> really I am guilty of that all about yes, Chris Hogan. Well, about I remember a lot of people reaching on Rex Burkhead too, where I kept just kind of yeah. shaking my head, going, "What are you guys yeah. doing out there?" Oh, yeah. Tags, you have right now. Uh, let's see here, a lot of points. You've got 105 points. Joe has 62, and yes, I've already done the fast money. So, Joe, we can skip right to you, dude. All right, let's do it, man. Fast money. All right. That's you know what, Joe? Yeah, I am doubling your points here. <laughs> I'm in charge of the show, and you get double the uh, points. That means that Teglier must have absolutely smoked this earlier, so, okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. What's the ideal number of bench spots in a standard redraft league? Six. All right. Wait, isn't that a... Because uh, I had that answer? Is that yeah, how it works? Yeah, you have the same answer, you have, to, you have to buzz him and say you have to give me another answer. Five. Okay, five. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> All right, I'm learning. Other than Las Vegas, name a great city for hosting a fantasy draft party. Um, Austin. That's not that Austin. No, All New right. York. No, I want to change. Oh, there's no changing. There's Get out. Are you here. allowed to Go. change it? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I even. Yeah, you made me change the first answer, even though I wasn't <laughs> ready for it. So give me one. I'm. I'm not gonna. Give me a I'm not gonna count the change since I'm giving right. you double points. All right. Fine. All right. <laughs> which NFL to to team? Which, which NFL division has the most fantasy studs? Uh, I'm gonna say AFC North. AFC North. Okay. How many days prior to the season do you prefer to draft? How many hours? No, <laughs> no I'm sorry. How, yeah, many, no. how many days prior <laughs> no, to the no, season? No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would say I would say a week. Seven. Seven. All right. And what is your preferred league size? Uh, twelve. And uh, fourteen. Fourteen. All right. Here we go. Here are the scores. Tags. Mm -hmm. You said six bench spots. Thirty-nine nice. points. You said Chicago. <sighs> five points. You said AFC West. That was the number two answer on the okay. board. 17 points. Number of days. You said 10. That's only worth 13 points. Man. And then league size. This was the big one. 58 points for saying 12. Tags, you've got 132 points there, which brings your total 
to 237. <laughs> Joe, you're at 62 right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I'm an embarrassment to myself and, and so my you family. Have, you Thanks. get double the points here. Let's yeah. see how you did. Bench spots, 16 for saying number five. That was the number three answer on the board. New York City would have been number three at nine. Uh, I don't but know. I just said the first city I want we'll to give him. We'll give him New York. <laughs> He's not going to win. You want to give him New York? All right, anyways. let's do it. I just, I just panicked anyway. Yeah. Yeah, New York City. Okay, Austin was not even on the board. I, I don't so know why. I just I like it just popped in my head. <laughs> it's tough, man. All right, okay. AFC North was the number four answer at eight points. So you get sixteen. The number one answer, by the way, NFC South forty-four. Number one answer for the draft party, Nashville twelve. By the way, I got the number one answer on all five of these. So you guys are both. Big it's losers. too bad Bobby like read the questions, so it doesn't matter. And uh, <laughs> well, when you have a tough time to marinate on it, it's another thing when you're on the clock. Yeah. And then, and then now I know why everybody looks like an idiot on Family Feud when they say stupid things. Yeah. You know, when they ask. You yeah, know, yeah, it's like at the top of your head, you're just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a Billy on the Joe. Street. You're gonna like this one, man. Yeah. Number four, number of days before the draft, thirty-four. So you get sixty-eight points for that one. That was the number one answer. Look at that. And then league size, you said fourteen. The number two answer was worth was 32 10. points, 10 teams. You only get six points. I think that's going to be the difference in the score here, man. So let me add it up. Well, I also got, got... a weird handicap going on. So, I mean, it's not a real win yeah. even if I won. <laughs> a weird handicap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, is like if uh, if you would have won the, the main round, then I would I would have said, all right, Joe's going to do fast money and I have to do it afterwards so I can't repeat your answers, which would make it obviously tougher on me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like winning the main round obviously is a, is a thing. We recorded it beforehand just so obviously we didn't have to have you walk away. That's right. Uh, yep. from the, well, I'm, yeah. I'm getting a, pr- a parting gift, right? Well, t- Joe, you actually ended up with 206 <laughs> points because of the double. Uh, so you weren't too far behind tags. If you would have said 10 teams instead of 14 teams, you would have won, man. Yeah, but I refuse to go to 10-team leagues. It's dumb. It's too yeah, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew that's what you were saying. No, you were I saying your personal preference, I knew, man. I knew, what the, I knew what the answer was. I'm, I'm, I will go to my grave on that one. Like, <laughs> hey, let's, let's play in a six-team league. Oh, look at me. <laughs> so, Tags, you're the back-to-back champion, man. You. How does it feel? Even when you cheated in both contests and gave the, our, our guests like so much space, I mean, I, I don't know what to say outside of the fact that, uh, Piss P, I hope you come back and that you, you bring a better game. This was... Uh, <laughs> This was this was relatively weak. Yeah, I mean, I, so I wish somebody could me. read the questions so that I could be Bobby and something else. But unfortunately, he's the host. So. What do you mean in something else? I, I don't even know when the last time was that you won a mock draft. It's been ages. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I I would love to host some sort of feud between the two of you. Oh, that would be some awesome. kind of. Okay, I'm we'll, we'll play on that sometime do? soon. Oh, say we need to make it I will destroy tags in this just like I did the mock draft <laughs> that we hosted. Uh, I don't know what a week ago. Sorry, right. I'm gonna start training right now for next there time. You go. Mike, so Get it just done. Watch your ass. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. That's all for today's show. Joe, your hot takes were awesome. Always a lot of fun chatting with you. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Always a pleasure, boys. Have a great one, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. And remember, guys, Joe is on Twitter at Joe Piece of PS17. And again, he hosts the Fantasy Black Book podcast and is the number one selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. Tags is at Mike Taglier NFL, and I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro. And thanks to the sponsor of today's show, pristineauction.com. Make sure when you sign up, you enter in that registration code. You're going to get $5 off, and it lets them know that we're actually sending people their way. That way we can keep doing these contests like the one we have going on right now at fantasypros.com slash contest, giving away a signed Travis Kelsey Chiefs helmet. For Joe Pizapia and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just